Hello, my name is Kristen Vaganis. I am here with Elias on the Man Cave Chronicles, and we are going to discuss my new movie, I Am Lisa. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Kristen, welcome to the cave. Hello, thanks for having me. How are you? What's new with you? Oh, I'm good. You know, not much is new these days. My apartment looks the same as it did yesterday. <laughs> it has for the past six months. <laughs> yeah. So um, how did the whole quarantine treat you? Um, you know, it's been okay. I My family is from Philadelphia. And even though I live in LA, I spent a couple months there with them um, just for fun, because why not? And I also moved during the quarantine, which is crazy but I moved apartments in LA um two days before production on a film so don't recommend doing that <laughs> but um I like didn't have a mattress for like three weeks and oh, uh, no time to get one but it's been it's been okay I'm I'm finding little ways to stay creative and um you know work from home work out from home all those fun things people are doing yeah. So. so yeah you're out promoting uh the digital I am Lisa but you've also done uh wedding screeners you've done some lifetime movies and you've been busy and you write and direct yeah I do I write and I produce um and I direct so those things have been very great during this time because you know nothing really if you can still do that from home which has been great uh, and I luckily did have a few movies that wrapped up right before everything shut down that are now finding distribution and getting out there and uh getting released right around this time um but I've also worked on a few sets during this time, which has been crazy too. So you mentioned you're originally from Philadelphia. Like uh, growing up there, uh, what were you into, and at what age did you kind of had an idea you wanted to get into the industry? Yeah, so I figured it out pretty early on. I mean, theater, like local theater classes, was one of the things my parents signed me up for, with along with everything else and. Sports didn't work out too well for me, <laughs> so I uh, I really loved theater and um, I just kind of stuck with it. Kept doing it into high school and such. And um, I grew up like 20 minutes outside Philadelphia, the city, and so I was taking classes in the city on weekends. I remember I would take the train in by myself, and I felt so like mature and responsible walking around the city at like 15. Um, going to my acting classes and, and auditions and things like that. And I basically just never grew out of it. I, you know, decided to go to college for it. And then I got a degree in acting in uh, New York at NYU. And then I moved here and it's just kind of happened. Luckily, my, my family has been really supportive. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, growing up near a city helped because you could like feel the rest of the world, you know, like yeah. you can actually believe that things like this can happen because there were actually actors and, and local shows and things like that and things that were filming. So it felt real and possible, um, which I know for a lot of people, like at a young age, it, it doesn't um, feel like something you can actually pursue. Um, so, yeah. Before we went on the air, you meant, you know, but we talked about how like you're Greek and I'm Greek and everything. Like you mentioned you were going to Philadelphia at 15 years old, like, your, your parents weren't strict. You weren't in that part of that Greek strict growing yeah. up family. 
Yeah, that's funny. Well, the first time I did go into the city, my dad came with me and um, basically like walked by my side along the exact path I would be taking and, you know, pointed out things like don't cross that street or this, whatever. And and so there was definitely that like um, that feeling. But uh, but no, I've always been pretty lucky. They've kind of let me fly. I've been a pretty independent kid all my life. But Mm. in every other way, they're very, very stereotypical. Um, yeah. All of my grandparents were born in Greece, so we're like as Greek as it gets, and um, they're all crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, what part of Greece? So my dad's side of the family is from an island called Chios, and okay. um, fun fact about that, actually, my dad's great-great uncle, or sorry, my great-great uncle on my dad's side is the only modernly ordained Greek saint, so we have like we're like sort of famous when we go there, which is kind of funny. Um, His name is St. Anthemos and he has his own like day and his own church and his own monastery that he started and like a little museum of all his belongings that we've been to on the island. So it's um, pretty crazy actually to go there. Yeah. And, um, and it feels really special in a way that's kind of intimidating because I'm not really a spiritual person, but when you're there around all that, it's like pretty heavy and you're just like, Oh, okay, I guess I should live up to a lot. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that's where my dad's side's from. And then my mom's side is from uh, Athens. Okay. I've been there too. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. So, so growing up, like what were some of your favorite like movies and TV or film that or TV yeah. shows that inspired you? Yeah. So the first thing that like really inspired me was the show friends, like the classic sitcom. I was just so enamored by the fact that like there were six fully fledged characters to the point where my friends would say something during the day. And I would like laugh, like, Oh my God, that's such a Chandler thing to say, like, ha ha. And it just, they were such real people and yet they were not, you know, they were characters and I like loved that. And they were so close to me and I was like, Oh, that's so cool to like affect someone so much and kind of like, have them be thinking about your character throughout the day and feel so attached to you for years. Um, and so that show really like kind of got me at first. And then um, I had a bunch of different favorite movies growing up. I was really into Harry Potter at first. And um, then I saw uh, Goodwill Hunting and that to this day is my favorite movie. Um, but I, I'm a sucker for just like those like character driven stories, which is funny because I Am Lisa is, is that, but it's surrounded by a whole bunch of other fancy stuff, you know, and um, like the effects and, and transformations and all that. So it's, it's always fun for me to like find the seed of like what piece of humanity is this project about, even when it's, uh, you know, a larger scale or, or a genre thing, but um, it always comes down to that stuff for me. How do you just like connect with the people watching it, you know? So yeah, let's talk about the movie, I'm Lisa. Like how exciting was this project for you? Yeah, it was really fun. It was something I'd never done before. So I, um, and it scared me a little, which is always a good sign, I think, to kind of stretch out of your comfort zone and and do something that might feel um, intimidating at first, which uh, for me, the genre was a little bit. And and taking on such a physical character, um, I was really excited to kind of go through that transformation with her because I could really identify with the part of Lisa that was like, what is happening? <laughs> so um, that was really fun. But, uh, and, and I've done a bit of horror film, um, but this was definitely the largest scale uh, I've dived into that genre. For the listeners, uh, tell us a little bit of like uh, what the movie's about. Yeah, totally. So I Am Lisa is basically about 
um, a chick named Lisa from a small town with a super corrupt local police um, police chief. And, and uh, basically she owns a little bookstore that her grandmother uh, gave down to her and she gets kind of abused and picked on by some of the local bullies in town who are the children of the police chief and um, tries to kind of right that wrong. But instead they kind of beat her up, leave her for dead in the woods. And instead of dying, she gets bitten by a wolf and learns to avenge her abuse. So it's your typical horror movie. Yeah, it's just another Tuesday, really. <laughs> yeah. How did you uh, hear about this project and how did, how did you get approached for it? What was the so it's really it random. I love telling this story because it's so bizarre and it's like nothing ever happens this way. But um, the writer of the film, Eric Winkler, he found me online a couple of years ago. He might might have watched some footage of mine or another project and he sent me his script for I Am Lisa. And this was about a year before we went into production for it. And so it was an early draft and I was flattered by him reaching out. But at the time, um, the script had a bit more work that needed to be done. So I sent a, a bunch of notes over. I sent a bunch of my thoughts of what was really strong and, and what I loved, but um, maybe a few things that could use some work. And I just politely declined involvement at the time. And he went ahead and kept revising it taking my notes, taking other people's notes, um, went into pre-production. And I think about a month or two before they were set to shoot, he reached out to me and said, I've really always pictured you in this role. Would you please give it another read? And I did. And this version of the script was much cleaner, um, much more straightforward, much more um, like... Uh, just just evoked a lot more out of me and I was really excited about it. And so I just hopped on the phone with the director, kind of talked uh, with Patrick about if our visions kind of matched up for this and, um, and it did. And so I was in Kansas City to shoot like a month later. Wow. How long were you on set for? How long did it take you to film this? So we were on set for about three weeks and I was actually in Kansas City quite a bunch of times because before we even started shooting, I had to go there actually to do the life casting, which is um, for the special effects. Uh, our makeup guy had to kind of mold my hands and my face and my teeth and ears and all that stuff to make you know some of the prosthetics. So I had to come into town for that, which was a few weeks before production, then three weeks and then... Um, some ADR, some pickup shots here and there, but ultimately a pretty quick indie shoot. Wow. How long did, how long did it take you to put all that stuff on? Yeah. So for the majority of the movie, Lisa only um, has fangs and nails and contacts. And that was pretty quick by the end of it. Um, it started out a little slower because I don't personally wear contacts or glasses or anything. And I gave the makeup team full warning. I was like, you guys are going to have to pry my eyes open because my <laughs> reflexes will start to shut and cry <laughs> and it will not work. Um, so the first few times that was a little longer of a process, but by the end of it, you know, doing that sometimes two times a day, um, we were really quick and we could get all that stuff done in under 10 minutes. And then the final, form of Lisa, which is a bit heavier, um, that uh, all those prosthetics took about an hour and a half. 
So playing the role, like, uh, how did you, how do you prepare for this kind of a role? What, what did you do? Yeah. So a lot of what helped me with Lisa was, um, getting into her headspace and, um, like doing a bunch of kind of beforehand work for myself because I wanted to really have an idea because it's such a small town, right? So everybody knows everybody and everybody is feeling like they don't have enough space to grow and be who they want to be and all of that. And, you know, I, I just wanted to really focus in on like creating what her childhood felt like and what her relationship with all these people was. I mean, these are the same bullies who we see in the movie that, you know, probably took the peanut butter and jelly sandwich off her table in third grade. Like mm. she's lived with these people forever. And um, Lisa's parents are also not in the picture. So I sort of created that world for myself and um, did a lot of imagination, uh, imaginative work in, in terms of coming up with her backstory. And I actually used a lot of music to get into Lisa as well, because she's such a like kind of bookworm, comfortable introvert in her own little world that I think if she's got like a great book to escape into and a great album to throw on and her best friend, Sam, like she really needs nothing else. So I listened to a bunch of kind of like, like old, old rock music, honestly, for her and a little bit of like alternative kind of emo stuff every now and again but she she wears a couple shirts with bands on them and has a couple of those little references here and there so I kind of dove into that headspace too and um, had a few playlists that I would go back and forth with Eric we would add songs that felt right for her and every now and then if there was a moment where I just felt like I needed to grab her again I would put the playlist on and kind of just sit there for a few minutes but um, I also had to research the genre a lot and I had to watch a lot of movies that were similar and recommended by Eric and Patrick. Actually, that was my next question. Like, what did you, uh, what did you go and watch? Yeah. So there's a movie called Starry Eyes um, that Eric really loves. And it was definitely an influence for him in writing the film. And the big comparison he always talks about is that it's like really driven by the female lead. So I definitely wanted to watch that and get a sense of like her involvement and, and her arc and, and just watching another film that was like, it, it also about a woman kind of, transforming and, and taking her power that she doesn't really start with and um, growing in that sense. So that was a really great comparison for me. And then another movie that I watched for the werewolf symbolism was um, Ginger Snaps. And those two really helped in terms of like, because uh, in Ginger Snaps, the, the difference then with Lisa is that they, the girls in that one are kind of more willing to transform and um, kind of excited by it. And there are moments of that for Lisa there later on, once she's kind of accepting that this is happening, she kind of learns how to have fun with it a little and how to use it to her advantage. So um, watching Ginger Snaps helped me for that moment as well. And then just, you know, seeing the tone, seeing the pacing, seeing the, um, the colors, the lighting, I just wanted to have a, a good reference of like what we were going for. So I felt like I could do the genre justice because this is a genre where people love everything and they yeah. watch it religiously and not being a big horror film consumer myself I definitely wanted to come in and do it justice and um you know not disappoint fans who watch content like this and are eager for the next one what did you love the most about this character the thing I love most about Lisa is that she's so smart and witty and like soft-spoken and 
she gets an opportunity that I don't think she ever would have taken on her own to like really come into that. I think that she, you know, she's non-confrontational. She really likes to avoid drama and problems. And then, you know, this crazy thing happens to her and she can no longer avoid (laughs) confrontation. And she's even got this thing inside her stirring that's kind of making her want to, you know, get involved in that way. And and she's uncomfortable with it at first, but she comes into her her own really. And um, it's, she's just given this opportunity to confront that part of her that, you know, the, the part of you that sees the bully and fantasizes for a moment about ripping their hair out and then goes on with your day. (laughs) But, uh, but she gets to live that out. And, um, and she didn't ask for it, but she stuck with it. And I kind of loved like taking her on that journey of like, all right, well, if we're going to be a monster, we're going to be a a cool one and do good with it. (laughs) How can the listeners uh, find the film to watch it? So I Am Lisa is currently online. It's rentable in, I believe, three places uh, on our distribution mutiny uh, on their site, on Mutiny's site, and on Lemley, you can rent it. Um, Lemley is a theater in LA, theater chain, and you can rent it online on their virtual cinema. And I believe there's also a local theater in um, Kansas City that has it on their website. And then in January, we will be on streaming devices, streaming platforms, on-demand, Blu-ray, DVD, all that fun stuff. So uh, what's next for you after this project? Yeah, so it's actually, there's, um, I can't like promise anything yet, but future Lisa content is potentially in the works. And um, actually another film that our director, Patrick Ray is working on, um, I'm attached to, so we'll be collaborating on something again. And Eric, the writer of Lisa, and I are co-writing a, um, another film that is totally unlike Lisa. It's a drama about addiction and um, romance and all of that. So that one I'll be producing and starring in and, and I'm helping write. Um, I've got a movie that is coming out on Lifetime Movie Network the day after Christmas this year called Obsessed with the Babysitter that people can watch. It'll be premiering that day and a couple other shoots um, that are TBD at the moment as we watch the world figure itself out. (laughs) Kristen, how can the listeners find you on uh, social media? Yeah, so on all social media, I am at kvaganis, that's K and then my last name. And I have a website for any other content or inquiries, uh, kristenvaganis.com. Kristen, this was fun. Uh, Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much, dude, this is awesome. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.